Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that Jason, I, I just think Jason Todd's story is really, really compelling because he is part of the reason Batman is who he is today. And then the fact that he like basically captures the Joker, puts him in front of him and says, why haven't you killed him? Why haven't you done this? And, yeah, and I love, you know, I, I love the fact, too, that he's like, I'm not asking you to kill some random person. I'm not asking you to kill people. I'm asking you to kill him. Just him. He deserves to die. This guy deserves, like, and and Batman still just won't do it. And I think, and so I think as soon as you say Batman's willing to kill, that uh, interesting character point for Batman, I think, just dissolves. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he, it's like, well, if, he, if you have Batman and he's willing to kill, why have Batman? Why not just use the Punisher? Well, you know I mean? well, would that totally ruin it for you? Like for the whole movie, if if he was willing to kill, do you think? Oh yeah. The totally just yeah. kill kill the mood. Well, I mean, it's sort of like if what you're describing is true, accurate, where he seems like he snaps a soldier's neck, then that would utterly ruin it for me because I felt like the Dark Knight movies got around it, and yeah, use some tricky. You know, it, it, it used some it used some trickiness to get around that he still technically doesn't kill thing, but it still worked enough. <laughs> I don't have to save you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? Truth be told, uh, for a lot of people, I feel like that's that's just a total loophole abuse. But I, it's kind of true. It's like I, it's like it, it's sort of for one thing, this being Ra's al Ghul, Batman's like. Batman's still leaving the open the opportunity that Ra's al Ghul can save himself. That is you true. Know, he's Ra's al Ghul. Like, you know, everyone's just like, oh, he's bas- he's basically killing Ra's al Ghul by not saving him. It's like, not necessarily. He's basically, no. just, he's basically just saying, look, whether you live or die, you put yourself on this train, and I'm just not going to interfere with, you know, it's like... Interfere I'm, with that, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to interfere with that. Knowing you... You might have an ace up your sleeve and totally live through this. Oh, well, there's always I mean, the Lazarus part... pit. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't exist in the Dark Knight movies. No. But at the same time, though, it's like you saw in the Dark Knight Rises when he imagined Ra's al Ghul. He wasn't... His supposed resurrection. Yeah, but like when he saw Ra's al Ghul, it was sort of a case of like... In some ways, I took it as that confirming the idea that that he would not have been surprised if Ra's al Ghul was alive. Because instead of being like, oh my gosh, Ra's al Ghul, you're alive? He was more surprised at the revelation that, you know, that this was the child, you know, this was my child. Only for it to, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I felt like it gave credence to the idea that Batman wasn't explicitly saying, oh, I'm killing you, but I'm using fancy wording to get around the fact that I'm straight up killing you. Instead, it was a case of Batman's like, look, uh, look, I'm just leaving you here. And and I didn't kill you because you put yourself on this situation in the first place, and I'm not saving you. Knowing you, you might survive, but if you don't, it was your own fault. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, that still... That still fits in with his no-killing rule. You know what I mean? It's oh, still, yeah. It still works, and not only and. But this all kind of trades back to like, 
his, when we go back to his morals and things like that, and we talk about Jason Todd and part of the reason that he is who he is today, you know, Jason Todd is a big part of of Batman's life. And mm-hmm. um, like when we we're getting into here, for all those of you listening, this is the Sons of Comics podcast, and today we're going to talk about the recent release of the Comic-Con trailer for Batman v Superman um, that was just released yesterday. Um, and actually, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in the middle. I want to talk about uh, hey, seeing no, Robin's really cool. Robin's I'm, I'm real happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But uh, Wonder Woman is the greatest superhero of all time. Of all time. <laughs> of all time. She's pretty Sorry. amazing. That's all. Wonder Woman. That's all I have to say. Yes, plug for Wonder Woman. Anyway... Um, I want to jump right into it already and just say um, I was super excited that we got a clip of of the Robin suit sitting in the Batcave in the middle of the trailer. Um, obviously, this is in reference to, for those of you who don't know, to the Jason Todd story. Uh, Jason Todd was the second Robin. Um, he was a bit reckless, more reckless than um, the other Robins per se. Um, and ended up getting himself killed at the hands of the Joker, who beat him to death with a crowbar, left him to die. Batman was too late to save him. And afterward, um, Ra's al Ghul basically stole Jason Todd's body, resurrected him using the Lazarus Pit, and came back even more kind of twisted than he did before, and eventually takes on the persona of Red Hood, with the one goal in mind to basically ruin Batman's life, um, expose him, kind of make him break his morals, kind of like the Joker does in a way, and then his own version of Justice to save Gotham City. Which there's a few details in there that um, that you skirted over that are, are interesting. For instance, you mentioning that him being a reckless is severely an understatement, since Batman first discovered him trying to steal the wheels from the Batman the Batmobile. Right? <laughs> Hilarious. Like, he's this street urchin trying to steal Batman's wheels. And that's how this Robin was introduced. And then there's also the fact, too, that he was, at, at the time, an incredibly unpopular replacement for Dick Grayson to the point that audiences... Wanted you know, him off. Audiences hated him, wanted him off, so that DC basically had a call-in service where you could vote... You know, after the Joker had kidnapped him, you could vote whether to on have him killed, live die, and, yeah, and people voted for him to die, and so he got beat to death through a crowbar, which was so brutal that Frank Miller, of all people, called it, just said this was a horrible, awful thing that happened. <laughs> like, you know, when the guy who wrote Sin City thought that this was a despicable act in comic bookness, then you know it was a bad moment. But um, in reality, it's, though, it's kind of an amazing thing because, honestly, Robin usually ends up any Robin usually ends up getting themselves in trouble, in which Batman usually ends up basically saving both of their hides. And this is the one yeah. point where Batman was unable to do that, which is a, kind of a big deal, honestly, yeah. where he couldn't save yeah. Robin, and this kind of catalyst was used in his life basically and scarred Batman to say you cannot let this happen to any other Robin and then he ends up going off and having you know like three other Robins we have Carrie Kelly we have Damian Wayne Tim Drake um, and then there was one named uh, what was it Stephanie Brown yeah uh, so that's Steph- a total Brown. of 
four other Robins after Jason Todd. But anyway, back to the trailer. Um, we Sorry, get... one other detail really yes, quickly. Um, there's an extra irony of, uh, of Jason Todd becoming the Red Hood, which is that before the Joker became the Joker and was just a petty criminal, right. he was the Red Hood. <laughs> and this was done on purpose. It was to remind yeah. Bruce Wayne slash Batman of his other greatest failure, which was to save... Uh, which, save... Created, which was creating Joker in the first place. Exactly, like it's, yes. It's like, you created Joker in the first place, and that guy killed me. And so I'm going to wear the red hood to remind you of your failure. Exactly. Ah, oh, his story is so awesome. By far one of my favorites. Um, but So we see the suit in the glass case. Um, and from what I can gather, um, it's an updated Robin costume, much similar to uh, Batman's in, in cloth type and whatnot. Uh, the stylized R on the chest. And then, uh, to cap it off, he's holding some kind of spear, which... I can only assume is in reference to what the Joker probably beat him to death with. But, however, we know in the comics he's beaten to death with a crowbar, and this is more like a spear-type weapon, so I'm not exactly sure where they're getting at with it. Um, but either way, uh, I thought it was really neat to see that on the armor as well is spray-painted, you know, haha, the joke's on you, obviously a taunt from the Joker on his, on his failures which the Joker is just so freaking good at uh, making Bruce, you know, Bruce Wayne feel like crap. Um, so that's that's one thing. But I'm really curious as to uh, the storyline. From what I tried to piece together and what I'm thinking is that this is... Well, a lot of parts of this are loosely based on, on The Dark Knight uh, Returns by Frank Miller... Which um, Zack Snyder has gone on record several times as saying is his favorite Batman story so, of all time. No surprise there, um, getting what we're getting here with Batman v Superman. And obviously, there are large, obvious pieces that fit in with that. For one, uh, the Batman um, metal armor that he wears, and then the ensuing fight that he has with Superman... Um, trying to whittle him down or beat him and stop him from from what he says is going to destroy the entire human race, can't be trusted sort of thing. Um, other pieces that I think are, are parts of the Dark Knight Returns storyline, um, I think would have to, I don't know, this is just my theory, but him having to go to Congress or whatever committee he had to stand in front of, Superman did, um, the government is calling for Superman to either side with the government or discontinue um, helping people. You know, they want him to work for the government, which is a Dark Knight Returns storyline where he ends up, where Superman ends up working basically for the government and the president, kind of his lapdog, kind of doing what he says, going where he tells him to. I don't know, that's just my theory, uh, my prevailing theory on kind of a big piece of the story. I don't know, what do you think, Scott? Well, I mean, to me it just seems like at the very least they want him to answer for the destruction that it's caused. And mm-hmm. The fact that, if you look at it, um, the aliens from, you know, the Kryptonians and Man of Steel coming to Earth is directly Superman's fault. He, They wouldn't have even known he was on Earth if he had not found 
that old spaceship and revved it up and basically unintentionally sent out a signal saying, saying, hey, a Kryptonian is alive here on the planet. And from the outside looking in, that's exactly what it is because the story first broke from Lois Lane of this spaceship breaking, you know, the spaceship coming. And then what do you know? Another spaceship comes and explicitly says, hey, we're looking for the Kryptonian on your planet. And it's sort of like, if you look at it politically, it's almost like a situation where you have a where you have a criminal who enters the United States from another country. That other country comes and says, dear United States, give up this criminal or we're going to do and at which point the uh, at which point complications happen in that process, so that this other country does in fact nuke the United States, we would blame that criminal. It's like if you had not wandered into our borders, this wouldn't have happened. And to me, it just looks like that's what they're asking. That's what they're saying from Superman. If you hadn't come here on Earth, we wouldn't have had. We wouldn't. Have, our our planet wouldn't have nearly been destroyed by dubstep. <laughs> True. Um, I would definitely have to agree with that. He is definitely going to have to answer for what he did in Metropolis, and I think also Batman definitely holds him partly, you know, responsible for the bringing down of what appears to be Wayne Financial, based on what we've seen in the trailer. Which uh, I've heard some people theorize that there might actually be someone close to Batman who dies in that accident. Which may not be necessary, but at the same time, if that does happen, it would go a long way to, to explain why Batman is taking this so personally. This this conflict, you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've heard some people theorize that maybe Richard Gordon was in the building, or you know, what I mean, someone called Lucius Fox, possibly. Yeah, yeah, someone, someone like that, or even if it's not anyone specific, but it's just like I, there were people I knew that died in this accident. You know, people I knew that were not that are not important to my comic mythos, and oh, sorry, I was reading the wrong part of the script. But <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, but, yeah, it would make a lot more sense if he's like, there's people that I knew that died in this, and it's your fault. Yeah, it would go a long way to make sense. I think, though, going along the lines of, of course, the country would, uh, of course, you know the planet would hold Superman responsible for the damage that was done to it. I think it's it, I think it's also very poignant that you have the speech from his mom that basically is just like, look, you be the hero they deserve, you know, you be the ultimate hero or don't but when it comes down to it, you don't owe these people a thing. Which is true. And that it's true, it's absolutely he doesn't. And in some ways that and I think that's what makes Superman a better hero. He doesn't actually owe any people anything. He could have very easily sat things out, never gotten involved, ever. And, and you know what I mean? And, and, but he doesn't because he's just, he can't help himself. He, he's got that good Samaritan syndrome. When he sees the person beaten down in the ditch, he's not going to walk on the other side of the road. He's going to freaking help them out. Well, with he what he can do, it's like, well, if I can do all these things and I don't do something about it, then I'm going to hold myself responsible for exactly. not doing anything because I'm capable of stopping so exactly. many of these these terrible things happening. Exactly. What I what I'm really hoping from this movie 
is, I mean, it's kind of a Shakespearean dynamic, but what I'm really hoping, because the preview almost make is, is, and the fact that Batman is first in the title and everything, it's really making it seem like the main character, in spite of this being a sequel to Man of Steel, it's, it's going a long way to make it seem like the main character is Batman, and that Superman is essentially a supporting character in his own movie. Which, well, I don't Superman see any problem fan, with that. <laughs> as a Superman fan, that pisses me off, so, but... At the same time, though, what I'm hoping and what I do think is going to happen is that sort of like how in a lot of like Shakespearean plays or something like that, you'll have the main character kind of effect, uh, effect of, like Hamlet effectively realizes, holy cow, I'm the villain. I'm the villain of my own story. I set out with the best of intentions and I've turned myself into the villain. And now I finally solved it and I die. But, you know, I imagine this will happen, but without super batman dying but you know what i mean like that i think it would be very fitting if we have it where it's like where the where batman effectively realizes that that here i am trying to demonize superman and i'm the one who has turned myself into a demon which has allowed the real demon lex luther to gain the advantage and let's put our petty differences aside i'm really sorry for screwing up like this let's go take lex luther's trash and that's kind of what i'm thinking the dynamic will be with a little bit of they'll probably be wonder woman who will be like hey batman you're being a dick thrown in for good measure well from what we know from what they've said is that superman is manipulated by lex luther that is like the big part of the story that they're they're obviously going to focus on is that superman will be manipulated by lex luther and I'm not Which sure how, but that's what they've said is is part of the story, is that he Which, will be manipulated somehow to like go and take down Batman, and Batman is the uh, Batman is the evil force here, and obviously they see each other as as the demon, like they both see each other as demons. They don't see each other as being able to work together. Batman sees Superman as as a destructive force that will destroy the entire world and I can't let that That's sit around while Superman sees Batman as as they even said in the trailer he's this vigilante that goes around terrorizing Gotham which in a sense is true and not true at the same time he does justice yeah. he, he he is a you know he wants justice he wants criminals to pay for what they've done and he wants to save his city which Honestly, when you look at Metropolis versus Gotham, Gotham needs Batman. Gotham doesn't need Superman per se. They need they need Batman. And Metropolis needs Superman. They're both kind of like tailored for their city, obviously. But, well, I would I would even argue that the world needs Superman. Well, Gotham. yeah, of course. But the funny thing is, is I, I think I'd overlooked the or had not been aware of the idea that. Lex Luthor will be explicitly manipulating Superman, which the funny thing is, makes me excited because in most Superman stories, that explicitly doesn't happen. Yeah, that Superman does not happen. Yeah, Superman's too Superman's too smart or too good to to you know not be manipulated by Lex Luthor, which strikes me as a bit unrealistic. Like if he meets this guy and the guy, you know, what I mean, like Superman. Superman is trusting enough that it's possible to get manipulated. It is and true. If that's the cartoon, there were some really great moments where where um, 
Superman did in fact get manipulated by uh, Lex Luthor, like like when Lex Luthor had reformed, and Superman just couldn't believe that Lex Luthor would have reformed, and so Lex Luthor straight up played on that and then used Shazam. Well, at the time he was still called Captain Marvel, but still, you know, basically used Shazam as his pawn to kind of uh, prove Superman to be the dick, and it almost kind of seemed like what you're saying is true this is that story but where batman's the dick and superman is the shazam type of guy (laughs) well i'm honestly excited to see what kind of mind games are being played here because obviously we see uh wonder woman is is in parties and she's actually probably disguised as like some kind of diplomat and um, i think we'll definitely see her in the mind games between you know herself bruce wayne Clark Kent slash Superman, and I think she'll play an important role in how things kind of shape out, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. But um, moving on, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the aesthetics that we saw. We got a glimpse at uh, Wayne Manor, which is like basically crumbling. Um, it's it's basically fallen to ruin, but beneath we get an awesome looking Batcave, which I thought was. I thought it was almost too new looking. Um, I kind of like the idea of having, uh, you know, a kind of, I don't know, not too teched out Batcave. Because that's what it almost looks like, is almost too teched out, too elegant looking. But uh, I thought I mean, in the Nolan trilogy, we got, it was too basic. The Nolan trilogy, you know, Batcave, they didn't hardly do anything with, really. Well, the best Batcave was the original Tim Burton I agree. That was that had the right balance of technology, and he found the place like this. Right. Exactly. But um, moving on from the Wayne Manor. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, that it appears that like Batman basically broke into LexCorp to steal. Uh, the kryptonite, which he then will use to try and defeat Batman. Or, I mean, sorry, Superman. Okay, where are you getting that? Because I, like, did not... Because I've kind of pieced a few things together. I don't remember seeing this. Well, I've kind of, like, went back over, and I've kind of pieced a few things together. And from what it appears to me, at least, is that Batman basically will try and steal the kryptonite from uh, Lex Luthor... Which seems perfectly in character. Which seems very likely, I mean, in my own opinion, which he will then um, use to retrofit some weapon against Bat- or against Superman to try and defeat him. Um, it probably just makes sense in his research, as Bruce Wayne slash Batman likes to do, yeah. that will work against uh, the Man of Steel. So I, well, I think it's I- likely we'll see some kind of kryptonite weapon that he'll use against him. I'm curious on what your thoughts are on where the kryptonite comes from in the first place. Like, what are the origins of kryptonite? From what I've heard around on the web, and from what I'm gathering, is that after the destruction of the world engines in uh, Man of Steel, parts of it have, have sunk to the bottom of the Indian Ocean, and there are divers collecting this stuff, or collecting remnants of it, um, and part of those remnants are... I guess radioactive pieces of of 
well, I guess the world engines themselves, and that's where the kryptonite comes from. I, I'm not sure if I completely buy that idea, but I guess it is plausible. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of uh, power source those world engines worked off of. If it is nuclear of some kind, then yeah, that would definitely make sense. If not, I don't know. Maybe they, the kryptonite came from some other like meteor that, shower that, or something. That, that seems plausible to me too, but uh, an alternate theory I had heard is that it, kryptonite had somehow been synthesized because in the preview you see that they have Zod's body and I heard that some people, I've seen some people theorizing that the kryptonite is somehow synthesized from Zod's dead body. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's, Which, a, that's a definitely uh, plausible idea although part of the reason they have Zod's body is the rumored other big villain to show up in the movie being, um... Uh, Doomsday. They're, uh, I guess they're presuming, most people are presuming that they're going to use Zod's body to basically genetically engineer Doomsday, and Doomsday will be the final uh, villain at the end of the movie that all three uh, of those core members of the Justice League will fight. But in See, terms I, of, I, yeah. I hope that's false because already that makes the movie sound even more overstuffed than it already is. <laughs> well, uh, well, compared to any like Joel Schumacher or any other Batman or Superman movie, they usually pack in about five villains. I mean, <laughs> look yeah. at the last Joel Schumacher one. It was Mr. Freeze, Bane, and Ivy all in one movie. I mean, it's like well, that that on, that no. didn't count as a superhero movie. That was a farce. That that's. Well, those don't really count as superhero movies, in my opinion. You know, stricken from the record. Yeah, they, more, they don't. More uh, comparable, I think, would Joe be like Schumacher Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2. <laughs> Just too many villains. Okay, so I that, hate when a, I, yeah, I hate when a movie adds in. Yeah, I can't, I can't understand in what... I can't think of any context in which that scene makes sense to me. So obviously there's stuff at play in the movie that I can't... That, we, that I just can't predict right now. <laughs> I do have a theory, and you can you can shout at me if you think I'm wrong. But if Doomsday is a character uh, at play, they would definitely want to fight Doomsday out in the middle of nowhere, preferably a desert of some kind or an uninhabited area. But the other thing I can't understand is why these soldiers are out there wearing a Superman insignia on their shoulder, and I think that probably has to do with that earlier theory I talked about with uh, Superman working for the government basically getting his own like task force yeah um, them to support him for some reason I don't know why I'm sure there's a very yeah. obvious reason that none of us are seeing but yeah. um, I, I can't I can't understand what the whole being in the desert thing has to do with Batman something as simple as Batman infiltrating a government um, installation for information in full okay. costume yeah like in full <laughs> costume but obviously he has the camouflage so it's it's going to be a beige version of the bat costume which right well, that's not ridiculous there's brown bats no. bats wear brown <laughs> i only work in black and sometimes very 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 dark gray <laughs> so that's a batman yeah thing for, for you, but um, yeah, I, I can't really figure out uh, what's going on with that. 
why the soldiers are there. But obviously, I, there were some other cool things that I did see that I did want to mention. Um, like the fact that we are going to get to see some cool Batman um, hand-to-hand combat. There was a little quick clip of him just like trashing some guards yeah. of some kind. And then he gets to use the grapple gun to get away from Superman, um, obviously, nope. which I think is amazing. I have to say this. I was I was very disappointed that as the Dark Knight trilogy went on, we saw less and less of him using the grapple gun, which is like his bread and which is supposed to be Batman's bread and butter, really. And we don't really see him using it all that much in the Dark Knight. We saw him use it some, but not as much. And then like practically none at all in Dark Knight Rises. And if we got to see more of him using those types of gadgets in the movies, I would be so happy. He used it very memorably in the Dark Knight. He used it to um to oh, I know to, to trip some guards and, well, yeah, and things like well, that. Well, I mean to connect the guards together and then, you know, as they're telling them to freeze, he then kicks the guards off. I mean, that was a brilliant use of it. But I understand your point too. I just want to see him use it more. Yeah, like gotcha. you know, to get here and to get there, like well, when you play the Arkham games, obviously this is... I mean, this wouldn't make sense to put all in the movies, but that's, like, one of your main modes of transportation to get around the city is to, like, launch yourself yeah. using the grapple gun. Yeah. And for him not to use it as much, I mean, it just... it, it It's it's a Batman thing. It's it's it was, peanut butter and jelly for Batman, like you know? Batman they go to, you know, not using his little uh, repulsor lift his, uh, things on his hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for him not to use it. Or the backlog. I've got to say, though, there's a big elephant in the room that um, I think we haven't addressed yet, which is, um, you remember the um, absolute shitstorm over when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. that. Um, after watching this trailer, what are your thoughts on Ben Affleck as Batman now? Oh, I never doubted him. I never doubted him. I knew that at some point they they picked the right guy like this is such a big role yeah for them to pick ben affleck they had good reasons for picking him and i trusted that i knew that he would be good and i was so i knew it i'm calling it right now best batman ever i that's a highly subjective question which i will not get into because i even now, I don't have a favorite Batman or a best Batman ever because I love Christian Bale for reasons. And I love Michael Keaton for reasons, and even think that George Clooney might have been a decent Batman if in a not stupid movie. But yeah. I will say this: uh, looking online, I have not seen <laughs> very many people who are still being like, "See, I told you he was going to be a stupid Batman." Like. If anything, it seems like all the people who are who are saying he's just going to be terrible as Batman are now being... They shut trying, up the critics. Trying, it, it seems like they're trying to pretend like they never had a problem with it in the first place. Just like just like uh, Heath Ledger for the Joker. Because oh, yeah. when the Dark Knight, when that trailer came out, you finally got your first good look at Heath Ledger as the Joker. Everyone, all the naysayers, immediately shut up. And... Exactly. Everyone's just like, oh my gosh, he's going to be so good. And that's one thing that I like from this preview, is that, is that if nothing else, Ben Affleck is actually shaping up to be a very good Batman. Oh yeah, no doubt in my mind that he will be a very definitive um, version of Bruce Wayne slash Batman, in that he, he kind of encapsulates 
um, the dark side of Bruce Wayne, the kind of brooding, very, yeah. very thoughtful, very businessman on the outside and, and playboy on the outside, but vigilante on the in, on the inside. And I think he'll really do the character justice. He's also the tallest. No, no pun intended. He's also the tallest person to play Batman. He's what is he? I think like as six, he should be. He's six. He's like four. six two. Yeah, like or oh, six four. Yeah, he's not be six. I, I don't know. I read somewhere he's six four, but that seems too. In any case, he's tall. So he, very tall. He actually looks more than any other person that's played Batman. He looks physically imposing in the role, which which I think is very fitting. I think so too. Um, in terms of physicality, Batman should be kind of burly. He should be fairly big, tall. Um, he should rival uh, Superman in looks of physicality, but not necessarily in powers well, like I mean, strength. What I think is that, that with Superman having super strength, I think Superman might look like really toned, but he doesn't have to look burly as Batman because it's sort of no. like. He he doesn't need to be burly to be to have super strength. to have super strength because yeah. he's Superman. But whereas in order for Batman to try and have anything comparable in terms of strength, he'd have to build up a lot of bulk. So we even got a little clip of him doing some workout in the uh, in the trailer. Yeah, doing some practical workouts there in the in the Batcave. Yeah. So 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 okay. Still talking about casting. What? are your thoughts on um, on Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Um, I, I'm interested. Um, I'm piqued in that. I think he'll be... He'll, he'll definitely play a good Lex Luthor, but, I mean, as we see it, he doesn't have his head shaved yet, or we don't see him with the shaved head uh, to so me that's it's like, almost it's almost hard to take him seriously as lex Luthor until that happens i don't want to sound like i'm being prejudiced just because he has hair but, but well i mean i'm, you know I'm excited I mean. because here's the thing like all of our previous film versions that we've had of lex Luthor, you know it's like he's he's always kind of seem seemed like um he's always been a little bit kind of clownish like i mean the way gene hackman played him was often, even though you, he seemed like a legitimate threat because, well, Gene Hackman, he still seemed, he, he still played a lot of his shtick for laughs. Like, he wasn't, like, he didn't, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor never felt truly threatening. You know, no. Situations he put Superman in were threatening, but Luthor oh, yeah. himself was very affable and amiable. Whereas, you know, then you had in Superman Returns, um, you know, uh, as I can't believe I'm brain farting on this name. Please help me, actor. Oh my goodness, you're killing me now. I can't, I, I'm, I'm doing it too. I'm going um, so to, in the comics world, the movie was going to kill us. Uh, spoilers. Uh, but <laughs> it's going to come to me, like, after afterward. I'm going to be like, what was his name? Uh, anyway, but, yeah, his, his portrayal actually was threatening but he still oh yes but he's you know he definitely had some menacing moments in there but he still those menacing moments lacked finesse and he still had a lot of moments that were played pure straight up for comedy there are things about jesse eisenberg's lex Luthor that i think he will do very well and the one thing that i i don't think we've seen in lex Luthor in 
versions up till now is that I think Lex Luthor that I've that I have seen in the animated stuff is like Lex Luthor needs to have this air about him that says I pretty much know everything and I know all of my devious plans that you don't know and have this look about him that says oh I there is so much that I know that I'm not telling you that I'm going to do to you because I'm evil and he just has to have that look on his face and I think Jesse Eisenberg is going to play that look up where oh. he is he has plans so many plans underneath what he is saying and he's just like a smooth operator yeah. you know I'm going to smooth talk you like a senator would I'm going to you know play up all these great attributes about myself while underneath I just you just you just don't know how much evil is underneath. He, the thing about him, he, the thing about Lex Luthor is he's all about control. Like he, yeah, controlling. That's the it. funny. It's really saying something when Lex Luthor is even more. Well, I mean, let's see. Batman Bruce Wayne is a control freak, meaning that he has this pathological need to try and be in control. You know, it's like him, him becoming a bat to fight crime with his bare fists is all a manifest is all an extension of that one night when he had no control over anything that was happening before him. He had no control over his parents living or dying or anything like that. And so now he has this pathological lead need to assume control of not just his life, but his city that he's a part of. Well, it's kind of funny, though, because he's often put in situations by his rogues gallery in which he has no control. Which is what makes And he has to find a way to overcome right, that. Right, which is what makes his... Which is exactly what makes his stories interesting. That's what... Exactly. You know, I mean, it's like you always want the character's need to be at odds with what the position they're in right now. And the funny thing is, is I was about to say, before I went on to this little tangent, I was about to say that... Uh, Lex Luthor's the same way. He's also a control freak, but he's not because unlike Bruce Wayne, who feels like he has to try and assume control, Lex Luthor never never has lost control. For him, control is, is air. He breathes it. He's always <laughs> so in control. True. He always has the situation down pat. And that's one of the things that makes him such a good Superman villain is that even the guy with every superpower in the book cannot control the situation the way that this the, the way that this self-assured smug shrewdly intelligent evil businessman can and one and I'm excited because just the air of confidence that you know that from what little you see of Jesse Eisenberg, he had he seems to have that down in spades. Like right down to his his offhand red capes are coming. Yeah, the red capes are like coming. Like just the way he was saying that is just sort of like this is happening. No one else is seeing it, but it's happening. I'm gonna be the only one prepared. And it's happening and people are gonna be shocked by it, but I'm gonna have some tricks up my sleeve they won't see coming. And it's like the way he says it is loaded with that. Oh, that, yeah, that that control. Yeah, yeah. I, so, that control air about him. I am extremely excited to see what Jesse Eisenberg does with the role, and to finally tell the people who think that it's a funny joke 
to have said that the to have said that they wanted to get Heisenberg, you know, from Breaking Bad <laughs> to, to finally tell him. them to shut up. That joke wasn't even funny in the first place, and I'm sorry. What made um, what made Heisenberg such a good character was again the exact like he, um, Heisenberg is more comparable to to Batman than to you know Lex yeah. Luthor because again he the whole reason why he became when he started making drugs was as a way to try and gain control and sure by the end he had assumed control and everything and that was like you. Know, but it's still, yeah. Uh, everyone's like, he should have been Lex Luthor. I'm like, no, I don't think he would have been nah. Lex Luthor as you guys would think. But I want a hard segue here into something that I that I didn't like um, that they kind of alluded to in the trailer, and that's that they do another another uh, reliving of Bruce of Bruin, of Bruce's parents dying. I'm. It's like that that scene is so headcanon and so drilled into everybody's minds. Like anybody that's ever heard the name Batman pretty much knows his story. I'm, it's like a retelling it again for like the fifty thousandth time. Like I, 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 I just I just don't think it's needed. I just don't think that's needed anymore. I'm willing to bet and I'm hoping I'm right. I'm willing to bet that the footage of it that we saw in the trailer represents two-thirds of the footage of it in the movie. <laughs> that... I, I, I honestly like, hope like that's true. Like, just quick flashback it... of it happening. Because, I mean, the funny thing is, is it's such... It's such a simple setup, too, that, that you know... That, like, the Michael Keaton Batman movie just had to do it as a flashback, and boom, it was done. You know what I mean? Gosh, Tim Burton just does it right. <laughs> Except... He does. He really did it so right. So right. He really Batman. did. He did. So right. It's, it's, Except it, yeah. for that straight but, up killing people. He did it 100% right. Yeah, but the thing, I just, I just, if they take three seconds to show it, that I'm fine. Like, if they show, like, exactly what they showed in the trailer and left it and just moved on, I'd probably be okay with it. But honestly, it really is kind of unnecessary yeah, to I, keep it, going it, over this, like... If the Dark Knight trilogy didn't do it for you, and the other stuff, and the cartoons don't do it for you, I don't know what will. Like, how many times do you have to show this to people to, for them to know, this is Batman, this is his, this well, is how his I, parents died, this is why he became Batman, blah, 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 blah. You know, move on. It's like, it's like what people were joking about with The Amazing Spider-Man. It's like, um... Do we have to keep showing his Uncle Ben dying? Do we have to show his Uncle Ben dying? Do we have to show him get bit by the spider? Do we have is it necessary? I don't you know. know. And, and even with the first Man of Steel, I saw that joke too, where I saw, what, you know, just people joking. It's like, hey, you know what we really need after this movie? More origin story. I don't think enough people know Superman's origin story yet. You know, it's just... At least with Man of Steel, they did a really cool job of showing you a better origin story with better backstory to, like, why things happened in in the movie, like, with Zod, why Zod was doing what he was doing, you know, why Jor-El did what he did, I think what's with the Codex, you know, I think the origin story was actually helpful for Man of Steel, and it actually made the movie more interesting. I think... It gave it a lot of cool uh, element to it, you know, being in outer space, being on another planet, seeing what the planet's like, 
more more so than any other time that we've seen Krypton. Yeah, I think, you know, ever. Well, I think um, I think in terms of just looking at it, it was yeah, it was different enough that because I know people who would who would disagree with you, and I'm I have no interest in explaining why other than just reporting that there's people who would disagree, and that I well I'm they can shove it. <laughs> I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. It's like I have a lot of reservations about Man of Steel as a movie, but they're not the same reservations that other people have. Like, I, a lot of the things that people harp on that movie for, I actually like, and then a lot of things that people don't even think about, I dislike. What did they harp on it for? Well, I mean, a lot of people, for one thing, there's the people harping on him having to uh, kill Zod, which my response to that is, okay. Oh, I love that part. That was the best part of the movie. My response is, okay, what was he supposed to do? Well, how, what was he supposed I, to do? I mean, like, was he... Well, maybe he should put him in the Phantom Zone. Oh, wait, that's right. His one means to put him in the Phantom Zone was already used up. Maybe gone. he could put him in a prison. Oh, that's right. It's on Earth. Break that out of the prison. Work. Maybe he could... Maybe he could do that. Maybe he could undo... Oh, no. There's no other choice. He had to freaking kill him. Get over and But that's what makes the movie so compelling. Yeah. That's why, that's why we watch movies. You know, I've heard one quote. Um, I don't know where it came from, but... We love seeing our heroes put in impossible situations where they're hurt, whether they're where they get damaged, and where they are scared. Yeah. And that's why I loved that part where he snaps Zod's neck is because he did not want to do it. He hated the idea of having to do it. He wished he didn't have to, but for the better of for the better part of saving mankind, saving everybody around him, he did what must be done yeah. and I and the fact that he did it was like oh my gosh that was awesome right like if if he hadn't done that the movie would not have been a, a thousandth you know compelling as it was yeah I think yeah like I, I really do think like that's one thing that I liked and I liked I mean there's I've lost thread of all the stuff that uh I don't know one of the most interesting reactions is that my wife who's not much of a big superhero fan and um tends to um, tends to have a negative reaction to a lot of stuff like she to this to date she still refuses to watch the Dark Knight movie um, what? well I mean it's too dark for her and everything like that and so I thought for me like Man of Steel is kind of like darker and edgier than Superman's usually presented and so I was expecting her to not like it and when I showed her the movie she's like I liked it a lot actually and it's I think it's funny for a lot of like I think for a lot of like diehard comic book fans, Man of Steel was like a bone of contention for them. But for a lot of people who had never been interested in Superman, it was a way of just being like, uh, it was a way of making him look at him differently. And so it more so ended up being a happy medium, I think, for for the majority though, because it was better than I think a lot of Superman movies and did a lot of justice to his character. However. There were disappointments among the comic book crowd and the comic book. Um, well, I mean, there's you know. there's little things. There's little things, though. I think the biggest complaint I would have towards the first Superman movie is it doesn't go out of his way to show him wanting to protect the. Basically, Superman is usually the number one superhero who's about controlling collateral damage. He more than any other superhero, he's aware of of and wants to 
um, avoid collateral damage. And that's because... What would Christopher Reeve think of, of Henry Cavill's damage that he did? Oh, my God. Kid, well, kid doesn't know what he's doing. Well, here's the funny <laughs> thing about Superman that nobody ever considers. And it's funny because Man of Steel actually, like, alluded to this, but then didn't take it through its logical extension. Superman has this super hearing, right? So you see when he's a young kid and he's imagining, like, he's hearing, like, he's seeing people's skeletons and this weird x-ray vision, not knowing what the crap's going on. He's also hearing the people whispering crap about him. Superman is fully aware of all the people that hate him because he can hear what they're saying about him behind his back. That must suck, hearing all the haters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so, that makes, that so. makes me laugh. I'm sorry. But, but at the same time, that also means, too, when it comes to collateral damage, unlike other superheroes, like Iron Man, if he levels a city block, he he might be totally ignorant of the fact that there are people in that building. Superman, on the other hand, can hear all those people. And can adequately save them using both his x-ray vision to find where they are and then his super speed slash flight to go in and swoop in and save them. Which, you know, the problem is in the movie is that it kind of didn't address that while he was fighting. So you could argue one way or the other. You can argue that... When he, you know, when he's fighting Zod and they're being knocked into buildings and everything, that Superman should have been more careful about trying to avoid collateral damage because, you know, by by virtue of the fact that he can hear all these people, he must have been able to hear all the people screaming in the buildings and everything like that. Or and I'm gonna the throw hand, this out there real you could quick. argue the other hand that maybe the reason why he he drove Zod into those specific buildings is because he could hear there's no one in those buildings or you know i mean that's actually something that when it comes to this uh batman versus superman sequel i'm looking it, it seems to me like they might actually have that in mind they might actually address that i would love it if there's a line where they talk about the damage that superman did and superman explicitly says i could hear all the people around and i make sure to try and steer them away from things even though that however um, in the newspaper clip that we see from the trailer, it does say that when Wayne Tower goes down, there were dozens of people killed yeah. in the uh, collapse of the tower. Yeah. So obviously he he's not perfect. I mean he made yeah. he made mistakes and he wasn't able to save everybody. But which, um, which I... there was another actually prevailing theory I want to throw out here real quick is that people were saying that during the fight. The Flash was running through buildings, saving people and removing them from the buildings, and that was just like some kind of quir- quirky fan theory. But I was like, eh, I could see it. But I could. I, I don't know. I At the same not, time, just because no. it kind of, it, it kind of, it starts to invalidate the scene as it was originally presented. You know what I mean? It's like right, exactly. Yeah, you're retconning too much. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly. It's like I, I'm not a fan of retconning unless the retcon makes sense. So. I know, I'm hoping... Unless it makes perfect sense. Yes, yes. I'm just hoping that with this sequel... And I guess the one thing that I am worried about, which is probably less your concern, because you are much more a Batman guy than a Superman guy. Um, I am. But I'm really, really hoping and, and dismayed, because it looks like this is not the case, but I'm really hoping this kind of still stays on a fundamental level Superman's movie that Superman is the, you know, that Superman is ultimately the main focal character of the movie. That he's the one that 
you know what I mean? Um, but well, only time will tell, my friend, because yeah. Batman, I think, is getting his own movie, at least. That's from what I know. Yeah. But Superman will probably not be getting another movie for quite some time. No, that's not true. Man so, of Steel 2 is in the pipeline. Oh, is it? Oh, what was the date on that? Um, I don't know, but I think it's like one of the next movies being made. Like, as soon as this huh. is done, they're going to be breaking off and trying to do a Wonder Woman movie and an Aquaman movie and Man of Steel 2. So, and and Henry Cavill has even said that this movie is actually not a direct sequel to Man of Steel 2 the way that people are thinking it is. It's kind of like... You know what I mean? It, it, I guess a better comparison is this is well, to maybe Man. This, this is more is, of a shared movie. Yeah, it's like this is to Man of Steel as uh, as Thor was to Iron Man, as opposed to as Iron Man Two was to Iron Man. I think is the idea that, hmm. that this is uh, that seems to be the idea. Which I mean, I would also be happy to if Superman isn't the main focal character, which signs are pointing to the fact that he's not you know and instead that Batman is the main focal character I can't remember if I said this um, before we started recording or not but I'm hoping that um, in an almost Shakespearean way Batman will kind of realize like have this realization that he's effectively acting as the bad guy here almost like I think they're all going to have that realization that they're fighting for nothing, like when they're fighting each other. I think that's going to be like the real like changeover is that Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, while they're fighting amongst each other, are going to realize they're going to have that you know light bulb moment where they're all I'll, like, "Well, so I'll be ticked off yeah. if Wonder Woman is being as petty as the other two and getting in the fight because my instincts tell my instincts are telling me that if anything, she's probably the one that's." would be trying to say to both of them, hey, quit fighting. Neither of you are the bad guy. There's real bad guys out here, and you're wasting time fighting each other. Especially, That's very likely. Yeah, especially since she has a sense... See, and now now we need to get into the fact that I'm so excited for Wonder Woman to be in a movie because she's one of the few characters that is explicitly a... Um, is explicitly like a peacekeeper. She's explicitly a um, crap. What's what's the word? Uh, you know, when you're a representative, she's explicitly a diplomat. Yeah, a diplomat. You know, and the funny thing is, she she's all about the idea of truth, right? Which again yes. would make Lots sense if she's the one trying to say, "Hey, you two, quit fighting each other," because she's. It would make sense that she's the one trying to expose them to the truth of the fact that neither one of them is the bad guy, and there's a real bad guy at stake. That'd be mm, that could be a very good theory there that she might know more than both Batman and Superman that they're yeah. being manipulated in a way by Lex Luthor. Either one of them or both of them are being yeah. manipulated, and that she is there to break up the fight and set them straight on the course back to justice. Yes, yeah. which when possibly. you look at the three as a trinity. It's sort of like, um, it, it's like Wonder Woman is different from the other two because she's, she's usually the one that, at least in all of the stories of her that I like, will actually try and outthink the situation or basically she kind of has a little bit of that um, 
Captain Kirk or even Captain Picard streak in her where it's like, if I can if I can solve the situation without having to throw a punch, then I've really won. That is true. Whereas Batman, Although she Batman is primarily a warrior. Batman's like Batman's like, I'm gonna strike from the shadows and freaking punch the crap out of them. You know what I mean? And Superman is less about punching and more about lifting. It's like I'm going to accomplish I'm gonna lift this building. Yeah, it's like I'm it's exactly it's like I'm going to accomplish what normal people can't and try and and, and try and stop this natural disaster. Which that's another thing too, is that I I'm very excited about showing Superman like saving people from natural disasters and everything because I think people fail to realize that's where he started. Superman didn't start with punching bad guys. Superman started with a natural disaster is going to happen. Normal people can't do diddly squat about it, but holy crap, who is this guy? Oh my gosh, he's doing something about this. He can actually divert the flood. He can actually stop this earthquake. He can actually do things that mortal men cannot do. And that's when he's interested because that's when his powers, which are so ridiculously overpowered, are enough for the situation instead of overkill for the situation. True. It's the 50s TV show that... I think the 50s TV show has a lot to blame for why people and first thought is to have him stop a bank robbery because they didn't have the budget on that TV show to have him go up against the stuff Superman should be going up against. So they constantly came up with situations where um, Lois Lane would get kidnapped and Superman to save them and would just kind of try and come up with new creative ways to show how you can't freaking kill Superman. Isn't that amazing? <sighs> and at the time it was impressive, but now it just seems quaint. And But it kind of ramrodded him into... Into oh, first Superman thing that he does is go up against criminals who are stupid enough to keep shooting at him, even though it doesn't work. What real? Oh, he's bulletproof. Yeah. Whereas the real first, keep shooting, keep shooting. Yeah, whereas the real first Superman story should be, would should be holy crap, Bye. natural disaster. We're all gonna die. And wait, what's that up in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's oh no, it's a bird. We're screwed. <laughs> Twist ending. You like that? <laughs> oh yeah. But but anyway, um, yeah. I think that's all I have for the for the trailer. I'm super stoked. Um, Wonder Woman. And, I'm, yes, I Wonder Woman will be amazing. I, I, well, she's now, she's the hotness. She shows up and and saves the day with her hotness and her lasso of truth. Yeah. And um and her wrist her wrist guards. Yeah. Which again her. Her like, her cracking her wrist guards together to create a sonic boom. <laughs> Super Stop. cool. Um. But yeah, um, yeah. Stay tuned. Um, we will do some more content on uh, Batman v Superman as it comes out. Um, got a lot of great things coming. Uh, you'll hear more from us soon. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners out there. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and of course on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you all again soon. Thank you.